In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Going back a number of years, I have a long-standing affection for this passage from Isaiah. And a big part of the reason why is that the verses have been set to a piece of music by Philip Stopford that I dearly love. Fixed a song, the words of the prophet really come alive for me. They hit home in a different way. In the words of Isaiah, we can be assured that we are seen, that we are deeply known, even called by name. And better still, we can be assured that we are redeemed. Yes, there will be waters that seek to overwhelm us, but with God, we will never sink. There will be fires that burn all around, flanking every side, but we will not be consumed. And though the fear of loneliness will no doubt often loom, it is at those times that we should remember that God is forever at our side. Because we belong to the one who created everything that is, because we are precious in his sight, and above all, because we are loved with a love that is unblemished, with a love that is perfect. But as Paul Hansen reminds, if the opening verses of Isaiah 43 can be characterized by both divine deliverance and intimate communion, the passage that comes before it creates quite a contrast given that it shows a time when God and Israel are not on the best of terms. There is fracture and division in their relationship. But as he argues, as he argues, the placement of these two passages, one after the other, is no accident. Because what following a difficult season in their relationship with one of the purest descriptions of divine love illustrates is that love can only flourish where both partners are open, where both partners are loving and receptive in return. In short, what flourishing love requires is reciprocity. Jumping now to our gospel lesson from Luke, I think a similar interplay can be seen. One where difficulty between creator and created is followed by a profound act of divine love. For we are told that John has come to preach and prophesy in that country surrounding the Jordan River because he received a message from God. And that message told him that through waters of repentance and forgiveness, lives would be changed. And in the time he was preaching, as is true now, there was certainly need for both of those things, forgiveness and repentance. But like many prophets, John was fueled by a sense of urgency and as such was not afraid to speak appointed word into the broken places of our world and ourselves, imploring them to change. Because John knew he was but a foreshadowing of the one who is to come, the one who comes by fire and the Holy Spirit to transform us, the one who, like a fire, seeks to consume all the chaff, all the dead parts of our lives that keep us from being raised beyond them. Yet what God reveals in Isaiah and it carries through in the gospel is a confession that is both intimate and profound. What is woven throughout the biblical narrative is the proclamation that because we are honored and loved, because we are precious in his sight, 
God not only creates, but will go to the ends of the earth to redeem that which he created, no matter how far we stray, because that is the depth of his love. In contrast to the empires and idols that humanity continually constructs and worships, ventures that only expose the depth to which we long for something real and lack it, God never fails to call us back into covenant relationship. God never fails to call us back to the only place where we can find a joy that abides and a purpose that fulfills. It is no consequence then, it is no coincidence then, that we begin this season after the epiphany by recalling the baptism of our Lord, by recalling the moment when water and the Holy Spirit and a voice from heaven mark the beginning of Jesus' ministry, mark the beginning of something new. You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. It is no coincidence because like Jesus, we too are called into ministry by way of our baptisms. We too are called into covenant with God. In the NIV translation of verse 21, it says that when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Robert Greeley riffs on this, saying that Jesus presents himself for baptism as an act of solidarity with a nation and a world of sinners. Jesus simply got in line with everyone who had been broken by the wear and tear of this selfish world. At his baptism, Jesus identified with the damaged and the broken people who need God. As we recall this moment, one of solidarity and faithfulness, we can find hope as we remember. We can open our eyes to the knowledge and the gift that what was true then is true now. God will never leave the weary and the tired to journey forward alone. Indeed, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But beyond the, beyond the assurance that flows from the knowledge that God will not leave us to journey alone, beyond that comfort, there is more. Because as I said earlier, flourishing love needs reciprocity. It needs something from us too. It needs us to step out of ourselves so that we will accompany Christ, just like he never fails to accompany us. It needs us to walk alongside our neighbors, every person who bears the image of God, and join God in the places that are hurting and tired. It needs that reciprocity if love is truly to flourish and if God's love is to be truly known. In a few short moments, we will join our voices together to renew our baptismal vows and recommit our hearts to God. We will lift up the ministry that God has entrusted to every baptized person, but we will do it together because through the sacrament of new life, we have become a body. We have become a living organism knit together to share God's love with a tired and aching world. As we renew the promises God has asked us to make, we can take heart that both the beginning and the renewal of these vows fully recognize the need for God's help. Yes, the waters may seek to overwhelm us, but with God, we will never sink. Yes, the fires may seek to surround us, to flank us on every side, but we will not be consumed. Yes, the fear of loneliness may indeed come, but it is then that we can remember that God is forever at our side because we belong to the one who created everything that is 
because we are precious in his sight, because we are loved with a perfect love. And knowing that, may we never miss an opportunity to live into our vocations as baptized people, sharing that life-changing, astonishing love with every person we meet. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.